You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Today, I am talking with Tim Heller. He is a voice actor. He's also host of the Second Cup podcast. I asked him on the podcast for a couple reasons. One, Tim's story of how he got into voice acting is so encouraging. It all happened because of a huge dream of his that kind of died. If you've been in that position, maybe you're in it right now and you're like, what do I do? This is exactly what I wanted to do and all the doors are closing. Then you need to hear Tim's story. And then the second reason is that Tim has a podcast called The Second Cup Podcast. And I asked him about the pros and cons of creating and doing a podcast, but then also if it's contributed to his voiceover career. If you are a voice actor and you're interested in starting your own podcast, then I think you'll really enjoy some of Tim's insights. Let's talk to Tim. Okay, Tim, I love your story of how you got into voice acting, but even how kind of the journey to that, because you were in New York, you're pursuing your dream of stage acting, but then you ended up with some back issues with, if anyone has ever done any type of theater, you know, that can be a real detriment. And so that put an end to your dream. I mean, yeah. what went through your mind when that was happening? Yeah. So well, thank you for saying that you enjoy my story. I, I, I enjoy so many other people's stories, so it's nice to, to hear, uh, for my own. I, uh, so I had, I've had back issues since I was like 18 years old. So like 2010, I was moving into my freshman dorm. Uh, and after like the first week I woke up with some like tightness in my back and, and that gradually turned into, um, like some pretty severe nerve damage and nerve pain. And it being at the gym or in the middle of a dance class, my legs just like buckling and I wouldn't be able to walk or, and some mornings I'd wake up in so much pain, I couldn't really move. Um, and so that was, that led to a surgery in, uh, 2013 and then another surgery in New York, uh, in 2018, where I learned like finally what the hell was going on and, and why it was happening. And they told me, you know, <laughs> you should probably not be doing anything physical for work at all anymore. I was like, okay. And they could tell I was kind of trying to brush it off and be like, okay, yeah, well, like I'm, you know, 25, 26, I I'll be able to figure it out. I'll do it. And they're like, no, you need to like really not be doing that. And so I, what went through my head at first was still that resistance of like, oh, well, like screw that. Like I'll figure this out. I'll figure it out. I'll just do it. That's what I do. And then, um, kind of sitting down with my wife, Jess, and she's like, Tim, like, you need to really listen to them. And so I took a day to kind of like cry about it. And, uh, and I had just taken my first voiceover class with Andy Roth, like a couple weeks before or a couple, well, I think it was uh, like maybe three or four months before I, I had that surgery. Wow. And at that time it was just kind of like, oh, a voiceover will be like a really fun side gig that, um, 
I, I really enjoy. And, you know, you never know. I've been told my entire, if you want to call it a career in New York, that like, hey, we love what you're doing, but we got to wait until you age into your type a little bit until your like body matches your voice or your you know face matches your voice. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Well, like, what am I going to do until then? Right. Um, so after that day of kind of crying about it, I was like, all right, let's just let's just jump in. Let's figure it out. So I was I signed up on Voices.com and just got to auditioning. You know, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the voice actors of NYC group yet, or that there was such a vibrant community there. Um, and just started consuming podcasts and trying to, to learn how to do this. Did it feel like kind of a death of a dream? I mean, yeah, in, in a lot of ways it did. Um, and I think in some ways too, it released me a little bit where this was not the immediate thought, but. After some time, after a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months, I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was a period of time where I was reflecting on kind of the audition process of musical theater. And like, I really did not like or want to be waking up at 3 a.m. to go wait outside uh, for hours to sign up and not get seen. And it just, there was a, this energy that just didn't feel like me. And I was like, I could be doing something more productive. I could be doing this. And which is, you know, not necessarily the mindset you need to have when you want to be booking regional theater and, and off-Broadway and Broadway work. And so it, it felt, I think, in some ways for me to say like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. Where sometimes I felt like I have to go do this, not I get to go do this all the time, you know? And I yeah. think with any job, any creative pursuit, it's important to give yourself permission to feel like, okay, it is, it is a job. So it's okay for it to feel like a job sometimes. But when I kind of released it, it, it felt okay. There's still some times yeah. that it comes up where I'm like, oh man, it'd be sure. really great to go do a, a to go do a play again or a show again. But then I think about going back to making $300 a week for a hundred hours of work. And I'm like, ah, I can't justify that right now. Yeah. It can feel really hard sometimes. I, I don't know if you are like this, but I'm so goal oriented. So when I say like, Hey, I'm get, this is what I want to go towards. Uh, and I tell people to, then I do mm -hmm. feel like, um, uh, back issues. Are you kidding me? No, this is what I told people I was going to do. Um, yeah. and it feels, it feels hard, you know? Yeah, it feels hard. And I think the back issues kind of gave me a little bit of an out mentally in terms of like, okay, well I can't, you know, I can't do this right. anymore. And because you can't really see back issues happening unless I'm like in the middle of a flare up where sometimes like I would be I looked rough. Like my spine was not straight. I could barely walk. I needed assistance. It was, it was, I was on that struggle bus for like 11 years. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, yeah, it, 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 there's a little bit of like, oh man, I've been working towards this dream since I was a little kid, but now I have this new way to express myself where I feel like I'm actually getting to use more of the skills on a more regular basis that I, you know, developed in college and growing up and even just the stuff that I didn't even know was developing skills, which was like taking improv classes all through elementary and middle school and like learning to make people laugh before they could, you know, bully me or, or just moving around a lot and learning how to just like be and, and make new friends. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's so important to, um, and I think your story is very encouraging. So important to remember that within the create, if you are creative, there's so many opportunities out there 
And so um, sometimes the the path that you're headed towards, it may not work out for you. And that doesn't mean it's a failure or anything like that. Um, but be open for those opportunities where it may redirect you. Um, like it has for you, Tim. And you've done so, so wonderful in voiceover. Um, Thank you so much. I did want to ask real quick before I ask the next question, how is your back right now? Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, it's it's amazing. It's the best it's been in it, it you know, since I was eighteen. Um, which is kind of weird for me. I'm still still in the process of rewiring my brain. So in in twenty twenty one, we'd uh, been in Texas again. We'd moved from New York City back to the Austin area. Uh, we went to college just south of here at Texas State. Um, and I my back was still awful. I had done you know in the six months. Prior to moving, I had done some stem cell injections, and that was the longest period of time that I had any kind of semblance of relief. And I was working with an athletic trainer in the city and like feeling good. And then things started like at the six month mark, uh, almost like to the day, things started to feel crunchy again and just really hurt. And uh, when we got back down to Texas, things just escalated. You know, they got worse and worse and worse. And I had um, a lot of doctor's appointments and a lot of consultations and everybody was kind of saying like, look, if you want to keep moving, you're going to have to do kind of like a, a pretty drastic surgery. And we, by some grace of God and the universe, we got connected to the doctor who did Tiger Woods back surgery, uh, in 2018, I think, or 2019, but, um, right before he came back and, and won the masters again. Um, shout out to Dr. Richard Geyer at Texas Back Institute. The fact that he was in Texas too was wild and that we had just moved down here. Um, and so I got a, in the summer of 2021, I got an artificial disc at L4-5 and then I got a, a fusion at L5-S1 and I like was up walking around like an hour after surgery or after I came out of uh, anesthesia. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. I have, I have my mobility back. I still have nerve damage in my leg and I've still got some atrophied muscles there. So it's still navigating that, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I feel great. That is amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, yeah, that's so awesome. Well, let's go back to yeah. when you started to dive into voiceover because, um, for anyone that has started to tr try and dive into voiceover, um, it can feel really overwhelming because there's yeah. a lot out there, a lot of podcasts, <laughs> a lot of YouTube uh, videos. Um, how were you able to navigate that and figure out how to what to focus on to really build a good foundation for your career? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, you know, even five years in, which feels long, but also is really not long in the right. grand scheme of things. Like I still feel like a child at, <laughs> at, at a lot of, you know, in a lot of different ways in the in the business. but. And, um, it still feels overwhelming, but at the beginning, I really just, I, I tried to look at, okay, I know that I love to do animation stuff. I sing a little bit and I can do all these different voices and accents. And I'm like, at first I was like, that's, that's going to be the bag. That's it. It can't not. And then you get started and it's like, well, actually, especially in New York, it's really not that it's going to be commercials. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, you know, I think in some ways, not finding a huge community right away was a blessing. While I wish I would have found it earlier on, I think it forced me to just be focused in on a couple of people's perspectives on things instead of getting this mass onslaught of 5,000 people who like a thousand are just starting out. Some started a year before you. And then you have these people like 
Karen Gilfrey and Jamie Muffet, uh, who are contributing to the group all the time, saying like and, and give sharing their experience, which is invaluable. But it can create, at least for an ADHD addict brain like mine, <laughs> it can be a lot. Um, sure. So I just I really tried to focus in on at the beginning, like getting better at commercials, mm -hmm. just because I knew that that was going to help pay the bills on a more regular basis, and yeah. and just getting to know my equipment, like really, really trying to learn how to walk before I ran. And so I got my space sounding good. And I um, tried to audition on, on pay to plays as often as possible so that I could see like, okay, cool. I'm getting likes on this. And that's when I'm doing this versus when I try to do this, it doesn't work as well. And then through that process too, learning how to use my equipment better and when somebody says hey can you record at you know 2448 and, and export as a wave and an mp3 like that's blah, 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 blah. i don't know right. <laughs> what that is <laughs> right, but then right. and then you go oh yeah for sure absolutely i got you covered i've done it a million yeah. times and then you get off the call with the client you're like shit okay to the internet and then you figure yeah. it out um but i think it's you know when people come to me asking about like, how do I get started? Where do I start when I get started? It's really like take those group classes because you're going to learn as much, if not more from, you know, watching your peers uh, practice and, and get feedback um, and just really get to know your equipment because it's at, like just that, that beginning phase is so fun. I've loved every iteration of my booth before this dream situation that I have now. So it's yeah. just kind of like try to be in the moment. And, and enjoy the little steps along the way. Does that answer the question or is that too? Yeah. And it's so okay. great. No, it, it was great because it really it not simplifies things because it's not simple, but no. it does help people to know like, okay, what do I need to focus on? Cause there's so much out there and yeah. so people have said like, why do you, you know, one person says one thing and another person says another thing. Oh my gosh. And that's the, that's another thing. I say a lot of different, <laughs> a lot of different, like, oh, this is the thing I say to people getting started, but it really all, it's diversify who you're, you know, taking classes from and coaching with. And the best coaches that I've ever had have said like, you know, Richard Horvitz was my first like real private coach that I had. And he was incredible. And I've reached out to him just because I heard him on Rob Paulson's Talking Tunes podcast. I said, fuck yeah. it. I'm going to talk to him and just, I'll reach out because yeah. why not? Nothing to lose. And he was like, my goal is not to keep you as a student. You know, you'll always have me as like a teacher or a mentor, but we're going to do these five weeks together and then you're going to go off and you're going to do your thing and if you need help with a, an audition you can email me or if you need you know you want to do a demo together we can do that but it's the goal is to not keep you coming back for more and more and more and dangling the carrot and moving the target at all it's it's to you know if people come to me and they're like how do i get started how do i do what you're doing and it's i say you can but you also go like go join these groups and ask other people questions that are not me and that are come from different places around the country or the world and started 15 years ago or versus five years ago. And you'll get valuable little nuggets of gold everywhere you ask. Yeah. So did you feel like that that was kind of the most valuable thing from getting involved into these communities is because then you kind of had some sounding boards to ask questions or was there something deeper or what did you find most valuable in that? Yeah, I, you know, I found like the community of it and, and honestly, just the wealth of information that already existed. Everybody had already asked all of the questions that I had, you know, or at least 98% of the questions that I had. And so joining these giant Facebook groups or newsletters or, or workout groups, 
it's a database of information. So go in and you don't need to ask every single question you have or type it up. Go in and say, hey, introduce yourself and then just use that search function. And it was amazing. And then I also was able to make like a couple close friends. Marco Camarota was in that group and he's a super close friend of mine. Rob Marrera, Tom Aglio, um, uh, Shelly Baez, and like, and, and there's a handful of people. Alessandra Levy is one of my closest friends and, and we met through an opportunity posted in that group. So it's, it's just putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. That's that awesome. so valuable. Yeah. Now, beside being a great voice talent, uh, you also have a podcast yourself called Second Cup. <laughs> I, I do. Um, so tell me what you found um, at having your podcast. What are some of the pros of doing that? And what are some of the cons? Yeah. So um, pros are, at least for me, my goal in starting it was to just learn you know, and, uh, and to figure out, okay, I know I've always wanted, I love podcasts. I'm one of those nerds that listens to podcasts more than they do music. Um, but I wanted to learn how to do it and just how it worked and how to take long form content, pare it down into short form content. And I also started it right before a gig that was going to take away any kind of social life for about five weeks. And I still wanted to stay connected to my friends and to, you know, it was in a year, I, last year was the year that I started like really committing to creating content. So I was like, I want to stay connected to people and keep creating content. And, um, and it achieved all those things. I learned a lot. Um, I got connected to some really wonderful people. I got to talk to awesome people like yourself on the show. Um, and, you know, I think one of the biggest pros, even though I felt like, I'm like, God, this is taking so much work for very little, like I'm not making any money on ads. I'm not, you know, doesn't feel like I'm getting a ton of listens. But when I went to VO Atlanta in March, I had people I never met or interacted with before saying that they had come up and like they found, wow. came to find me at the bar and saying like, Hey, I love your podcast. I've learned so much. I'm like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> um, cool. so it's, it's like, the biggest pro is like little moments like that, where it's actually yeah. helping other people or introducing friends to each other than who can then collaborate that happened a handful of times, which it's, I don't know when, when you can introduce people or you, you get a friend a job, it's even yeah. sweeter than you booking a job, but cons are that it's, you know, it's time consuming. Um, I'm on a break from it right now, just because I've had a lot of other really wonderful things happening, but it's just my, I don't know, my business is kind of shifting a little bit and I'm, I think I did get a little burned out creatively from trying to manage all these different irons that are in the fire. Um, sure. But it's, I mean, I think if you, people should just start it, you know, as long as you're not spouting anything that's hurtful or hateful, um, try it. Cause it's, it's a valuable skill to learn. I love it. You do seasons too, don't you? Uh, For, kind of no. on accident. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I started out kind of just doing them. And, mm -hmm. and I did like 37 episodes, I think by myself. Wow. And then I had, or I, yeah, I had, but then, or I guess I did like 30, 32 or so maybe. And then I brought on a team to help me just get the, the backlog episodes out. Cause I just, they, I had jobs that came in again, that kind of took me away from being able to commit as much time. And so they helped me kind of turn those out and then. Uh, they all wanted to stay on and help me grow it into something more. So we did a, a bunch more after that for like the the second season. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, I, I asked that because I think that that's great. I mean, I've had two personal podcasts even before the Atlanta voiceover studio podcast 
And seasons are a great idea. It keeps you from burnout and it's like a little bit more yeah. manageable. And then you can still be consistent, but give yourself a little break, you know? Yeah, so. I think it's smart. And I think that I, <laughs> I'm not the smartest, uh, but, and, but it, I think that if you can look at it as like a trial run, I take, well, and, and part of the way my brain works too, is that I, I won't learn without doing it. Even if I know right. like, okay, this is the outcome. Like with me and drinking, I was like, okay, Tim, you have, uh, alcoholics on either side of the family probably shouldn't do this. And I was like, for the longest time I thought that and I was like, well, I'll just figure it out. I'm sure it'll, I'll be fine. And I wasn't right. But with the content creation, I'm like, okay, I know I should plan this out. I should try to set some boundaries and I just didn't. And yeah. so it's, if you set, like, I took that lesson though, and applied it to a project that I'm producing for somebody else where I said, great, let's look at this. Let's, we'll take the big idea. We'll cast a wide net and turn it into a butterfly net at some point. But, and then, and then we'll do eight episodes of this and then we'll leave it and see what it turns into. And so I think it's, it's important to have those boundaries, not just in your you know, personal life, but also with yourself and, and creating work. I'm in a phase right now where I feel like I'm really, you know, I've had some things kind of slow down on without my need or asking them to. Um, and it's really allowed me to refocus stuff into, you know, the work I like to do the most, like VO work and video games and all that stuff. Um, so it's, I don't know, you got to kind of listen and um, take some of those lessons you learn along the way from failing forward. Yes, absolutely. It's all worth it for those lessons. What do you feel like having the podcast has contributed anything to your voiceover career? I think it has in, in many ways. I, in the way that sticks out the most to me is that it's introduced me to other people. And, and that's been the thing I've been most grateful for. And I think, not I think, I was talking to my therapist about this. I've been talking to them about this for a while now. I was like, uh, at VO Atlanta, I had this like high, high. And, so, and it was the, an incredible week in so many unexpected and wonderful ways. And then I got back and I was kind of, and I felt kind of depressed. And then I was able to go, I got flown out to LA for a callback for a voiceover job. And that was this incredible, another unexpected, like incredibly high, high. And I got back. And I was kind of sad and I was like, why, why, why is this happening? What is the, what's repeating here? And it was talking about, you know, depression is, is, um, isolation and inactivity. And since moving down to Austin, I love it here. I love our house. I love my wife and my dog and our life is beautiful, but I'm not interacting with people as often as I was in New York city. And that's, and I was like, oh, this is like a huge, you know, ding, 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 like Okay. Yeah. In Atlanta, I got to see all my people in LA. I got to see all my people. Now I need to create that here in Austin on a more regular basis. And the podcast helped me do that where I like was talking to people sometimes three times a week and it was different people or the same people would call and say like, Hey, let's chat or come on my show later. And, um, and it's, I think it's important, especially as our industry has moved away from the major markets in terms of just New York and LA. Um, it's important. Well, now Atlanta is a major, major market too. It's, it's important to find those ways to stay connected to people. And that was that for me. So now I'm trying to tweak that yeah. and figure that out again. It is so true. And that's why we started doing uh, what we call off mic nights, like mm. once a quarter where we get together um, at this brewery that's real near the studio 
just to hang out as voice talent. Um, because especially I think that we realized it during COVID was the big aha moment of like, wow, this is, we're seeing each other on screens and we, we need to see each other in, in person and yeah, just get out, out off the mic. <laughs> yeah. Get off <laughs> the mic, people. give somebody a hug or a high five. Yeah, it goes it a long so way. Cool. But it's, it really you know, does. and the other, the other thing that I think is valuable with the podcast too, outside of just the <laughs> helping my mental health is that it, it taught me a lot more about how to get content out there and how to do it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not the most followed voice actor by, you know, a country mile, it is, it's connected me to other people, connected me to other people in that way. And it's, yeah. I feel like opened the door for people to see me as a hue as like a more whole human instead of just like silly voices and voiceover challenges. Um, and it's, and, and you know, that's, you know, hard work begets more work and, and it's, and it's connected me to people who have also hired me. So I think it's, it's a valuable endeavor to just create content of any kind. That's awesome. You are further along in your voiceover career, obviously now than when you first started out in New York. Um, your challenges have probably changed over the years. Yeah. What is a challenge that you're facing right now? Oh man, that's a great question. I we're gonna get boner, boner oh, Let's go, buckle up, folks. <laughs> we're going for a ride. There's a couple. I'm gonna try to keep this short because, as you can tell, and as you know, I can kind of go down little bunny trails. Um, but I think. <laughs> trying to think about where to start. So again, being here in Austin, it's awesome, but I, my brain won't let me just like be complacent with just being like, all right, I'm just going to do like local work and just do this. I'm like, I still want to compete and play with the big dogs and, and like all the people who are like really doing like, you know, network shows and stuff, all the work that's struck right now. Um, but it's, and so I, I'm trying to, fi- I've been trying to figure out how to get myself in front of the, of the people who will help me, you know, who will get me there, or be able to cast me or just like tutor me and like learn and be friends first and foremost. Um, and so VO Atlanta was a huge step forward in that. Uh, my coach and friend Malik Berger has really encouraged me to get out in different ways and she's fantastic and it's just a huge support. Um, but I think right now I'm, I'm really trying to be tactical with my approach to things because I, I hit some goals ahead of time that I didn't think I would um, with representation and uh, you know some jobs, which has been amazing. And now I'm trying to figure out how to keep that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, you know, there's days where I overthink it and some days where I'm just like, all right, fuck it. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I've gotten to this point now doing what I do. So as long as I still continue to do that consciously and not take it for granted, I'm not kicking back, but I'm also not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, so it's just, I think it's, it's figuring out how to keep leveling up in the ways that I want to. And the other hardest thing about work and and the biggest challenge is just being patient because sometimes you just have to be patient. I was talking to, uh, Alessandra's my accountability partner, which is something I, I recommend anybody and everybody, uh, in the industry, find one or two people that you can check in with on a weekly basis just to go over, you know, I did 60 auditions this week. I didn't book anything again. Uh, or like this week I'm really focusing in on getting back into a routine or finding time with my partner or whatever that may be. 
but we were talking last Friday and I was like, I really feel like I can't get arrested with commercials right now. And I've been putting out so much energy for animation and games, which is what I want to be doing. But it's also, that's not going to be paying the bills as much. So I, I got to figure this out. And she's like, okay, we'll try this, you know, when you're doing your reads and just like, I'll listen to some things and give you some feedback. Cause she books like crazy in commercials yeah. and, and stuff like that. And then two seconds later, I get an email from uh, the lovely Jeffrey Umberger uh, uh, saying that I booked a commercial and I was like, what the hell? Yes. Okay, great. It's just being patient and continuing yeah. to get the reps in, step up to the plate yeah. and, and just try to be a real person as much as you can mm -hmm. with, with how you're auditioning and more so how you're interacting with other actors and other people in the industry. Yeah, that's so true. So. I mean, that sounds like a victory right now, but is, would that be what you would consider like a victory lately in your voiceover career? Is that I think that, and I think honestly, this LA trip was really, that's, it's stuck out to me as like a really special thing because mm -hmm. part of my, you know, calling it a business plan is generous, but part of my plan for why we decided to stay in Austin is because it's central and it's easy to get to both coasts. Right. And I, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to be able to travel for work more often. And if anybody's listening to this podcast, I want to travel for work more <laughs> often. Um, and when I got the call that this company wanted to fly me out for a callback, I lost my shit. I was just beside myself. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Holy shit, it's happening. Well, okay, it might not still. And then they sent the tickets and I was like, I'm going. Great, let's go. And I think even more so, even though I spent money on that job and haven't made any money off of it, and, and I don't even know if I booked it yet, it's, yeah. it was me being able to check off a big thing on my list of like, okay, cool, this is proof of concept now that Tim Heller can travel for work and it will be okay. And it may not be every year or every month or whatever it may be, but it's, it was just this, I felt like it was another ball that started rolling in the right direction. So, and it was like, I got to meet, some incredible people, like incredible casting directors that are lovely people that I like crap my pants about when I saw who was going to be in the room and like got to see friends that I haven't seen in person, haven't seen in years and like just be out there and just soak it all up because it is a magical place and, uh, wow. and our industry is just the best, you know? It is so true. Um, Tim, before I let you go, can you kind of share a little summary of what the Second Cup podcast is about? And we'll put a link to in the show notes. Thank so you. Listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of everything. It uh, I started it, you know, to primarily talk to really anybody who wanted to come on the show and just see what happened. Uh, Fortune would have it. It was a lot of voice actors. So it's a lot of uh, actors and voice actors talking about the industry, how they get started. Um, other business owners too, and creatives talking about how to navigate owning a business and looking at things like as a business. And then we also talk about mental health and sobriety. I've, you know, I've been sober from alcohol for, uh, this September will be two years now, which is great. Wow. And, um, so I'm very open about that. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I love talking to people and hearing their stories and, and getting to, you know, just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you see Tim at Bio Atlanta and you listen to his podcast and he's at the bar, don't go up and say, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> um, <laughs> say, can I buy you some fries? Or yeah, fries, <laughs> pizza, and Diet Coke, yeah. I am here for. So <laughs> That's awesome. Tim, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I really appreciate it. And 
We'll put links to Tim's website and the social media down the show notes as well as to his podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. Y'all are the best and just just happy to be here.